0: What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Shout at Buffalo Bills Football Podcast. As always, brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets. Are you ready for Slider Sunday this weekend? Pretty big game. Miami Dolphins coming to Buffalo to take on the Bills. Every time you visit slidersunday.com, you have a chance to win free products, brand swag, tailgating gear, trips, and more courtesy of Tops Friendly Markets. One chance per day no purchase necessary go to SliderSunday.com check it all out all right it is time for our first look at the Miami Dolphins and to do so I'm bringing in Daniel Oyafusi, the Dolphins beat reporter from the Miami Herald we had a little over 20 minutes together talking all things Miami Dolphins I even took some questions from Shout Bill's insiders on the text line you're going to want to watch this one enjoy it Now is my conversation with Daniel what is up, everybody? Welcome in to our first look. We do this every week to preview the upcoming Buffalo Bills game. And there's just a ho-hum game this week against the Miami Dolphins. And I am joined by Dolphins beat reporter Daniel Oyafusi. He is a beat reporter from the Miami Herald uh, and is gracious enough to give us a few minutes of his time here today to really get into this thing. Daniel, first off, how are you and what's it like this season covering the greatest show on turf, the new edition?
1: I know. Yeah. First off, thanks for having me. And yeah, it's what it's looking like, Uh, you know, 70 to 20. I mean, you're going to get those comparisons. So uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun to watch that for sure.
0: So coming into the season, um, I will say, first of all, I think the Miami Dolphins are exactly who I thought they were coming into the year. I told anybody that wanted to listen, you know, that was pushing the Jets agenda. Like that is not the problem in this division. The Miami Dolphins I think are the problem because We're not even talking about the first month of the season. By the end of the year, you know what you're getting with the offense, but that Vic Fangio defense by December is probably going to look a lot different than it does early on, even this season, likely getting Jalen Ramsey back later in the year. So this is a bona fide Super Bowl contender. They were going into the season. How have you seen them kind of fly under the radar if they have, and how they're embracing this season as now, you know, the early, uh, you know, AFC East leaders.
1: Yeah, well, I'll say during the offseason, I think they definitely did fly under the radar uh, a bit and it was understandable. You know, the Bills have won the division for the past couple of years. Uh, and then obviously with the Jets acquiring Aaron Rodgers, they're, you know, the media capital of the, the, the country of the world, really. I mean, of course, they were going to get a lot of attention. Um, but yeah, I mean, from the early part of the offseason especially you know with the acquisition of Jalen Ramsey the hiring of Vic Vangio, and obviously the continuity of the offense coming back I was really really bullish on this team now did I expect them to put up 70 points in game 3 or in any game uh this season No, Um, but you really saw the potential of this offense. A lot of the players spoke about the continuity year two of the Shanahan style offense and just kind of having a greater understanding of of what they could do. Um, And again, you're not going to see 70 points uh, again, I don't believe. um, But again, it just speaks to that continuity and uh, uh, a team that's kind of a a sleeping giant and not really a sleeping giant anymore because they have the attention of the NFL world.
0: The the thing that stands out to me the most is like teams know – when you face Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins offense, they are going to run the ball a lot and pretty well. And I mean, that's I think that's what people spend the most time preparing for. And it usually doesn't matter. They're still able to consistently run the ball. We saw just an absolute barrage of running plays from uh Raheem Mostert, um, obviously Devin uh a is am I am yeah, I pronouncing Devana, it correctly? Chan.
1: De- okay. Chan. Um or Devon A Chan. So, so it's, a little, it's a little hard. You know, we're still working on it on our end, but Devon Achan.
0: Okay, because it was a chain for a while. I was conversating yeah, in all yeah. kinds of
1: different ways. <laughs>
0: but anyway you want to say his name, I mean the dude is absolutely special. I want to get into him in a in a moment, but this running attack, like how have you seen them not only like the runners but the blockers be able to kind of consistently attack teams and have it no matter what team's plan to do i mean that people struggle to stop them
1: Yeah, so the running game was probably like one of the major question marks um, about this offense entering year two of Mike McDaniel's scheme, kind of uh, accompanied with the offensive line and how that was going to shake out. They dealt with a lot of injuries, had some young guys that uh, didn't play very well last year, Um, and and that was a a concerted uh, emphasis this offseason, you know, running the ball more and running the ball more effectively. Um, What stood out to me uh, in these first couple games uh, is McDaniel obviously comes from that Shanahan tree, so you think outside zone, outside zone. But it's not just that. I mean, they have a diversity of run concepts, whether it's uh, outside zone, inside zone. They do kind of a backwards toss that develops into a zone. They have a lot of power and gap concepts, and it's the manner in which they get to it. So they're not like inventing, re- like reinventing the wheel necessarily. They're not like inventing new plays and whatnot. But it's just the manner in which they do it with different formations, different splits, the motion, uh, whether it's you know across the formation, orbit motion into the backfield. And then they ask their, their wide receivers to help out a lot. If you look at uh, Devon HN's, uh final 67-yard touchdown run, um, there was great blocking on the offensive line, but Cedric Wilson, their wide receiver, comes from the left side of the formation. He comes into the middle of the field, and he gets a great block on the safety that really springs H.N. for that run. Uh, so it's the combination of the offensive line, the motion, and the wide receivers. I mean, they'll put Tyree Kill on an edge defender and kind of make him, deliver a crack block and he'll, he'll, he's up to do that. So they really stress, you know, all nine guys, I guess, not, not including the quarterback um, contributing to the, the blocking scheme. Um, and, you know, they, they brought in Butch Berry, who was with Denver last year um, kind of got a bad rap um, as he exited uh, uh, the Broncos, um, but they've really credited him uh, for his teaching methods um, and the way that he's, you know, been able to get that group together and get the most out of them through, through three games.
0: At Chen, uh two hundred and thirty three all purpose yards, four touchdowns. I mean, he is explosive. And you know everybody's seen the videos of the Dolphins draft room when they were able to get him yeah. uh, you know, later in the draft. What has he meant? Like what what does he do so well? And what have players and coaches said about, you know, uh why he's so tough to to handle? And I mean, this was a coming out party last week, and I, I think now it's almost like all right. You got Hill. You expect Jalen Waddle to yeah. get back. Now you have a whole other layer to this thing that I think makes it a little extra scary.
1: Yeah, quick funny backstory on the drafting of HN. Uh, when we spoke to Mike McDaniel and Chris Greer that night after they after they selected him, uh Mike McDaniel was talking about wanting to select him with their first pick, which came in the second round. They obviously drafted Cam Smith, the cornerback from South Carolina. Um but he was really he was really getting antsy. Uh he was talking to Chris Greer about maybe trading up and Chris Greer was like, you know, calm down. We're good, we're good. And everything worked out. So I know after that performance, they're really glad that they were able to get uh him when they did. Um but yeah, so I Obviously this guy is track speed. I mean he he ran track in high school, he ran track at Texas A&M and that's the first thing that 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 stands out about him. But when you talk to coaches and you know talk to Jimbo Fisher who coached him at Texas A&M they talk about how he's a complete player. He's not just a track guy that's putting on, you know, football pads. You know, he 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 has a feel for, you know, when to hit the hole, when, when to stay patient, when to accelerate. Um, you know, he's he's you know five about one hundred ninety pounds. He told me he put on some weight um, after, you know, the you know while he was training for the uh, the combine and whatnot. So he's uh, up from one eighty now, about one ninety. And you see that, you know, in his first touchdown run, um, you know, he showed the uh, the speed to get to the edge, uh, but. He you know, dropped his pads. He had some tough running and he worked his way into the end zone. So they, they like the fact that he's a complete football player. And like you said, I mean, that's just another element. You know, they're gonna do a lot of the stuff that they do with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle with him. They're gonna put him in motion and uh use his speed to really confuse defenses and put them in a bind. Uh so you know when Mike McDaniel first got here, you know, he he quickly let it be known that he loves speed, he wants to build a team built around speed that can really test every – blade of grass and really force you to cover every blade of grass on this field. Uh, and, uh, HN's presence, uh, only adds to that.
0: And now a word from our sponsor, start your slider Sunday winning streak with Kings Hawaiian this football season and earn rewards to redeem for free product, brand swag, tailgating gear, and more. At SliderSunday.com, you can get all the details. Visit the Tops Deli section too and look for the bright orange Kings Hawaiian displays to scan the QR for a chance to instantly win tailgating prizes. Visit topsmarketscom slash SliderSunday for slider recipes that are sure to blow away all of your party guests. All right, back to the show. Um, you mentioned the motion air, and to me, that's the piece of it. Um... I think, was it the Dolphins that had the motion on the, um, block kick?
1: No, that was the, the, the Patriots, uh, that, the, was the Patriots Patriots. Used that
0: against a, the Dolphins. I, I just came to mind because like, there's so many different ways that I feel like people are trying to do some pre-snap snap things to get an advantage. I mean, as offenses, you know, get so dynamic in this league, you, know, you got to figure out different ways to, um, keep up with them. And I feel like, the Bills have a really good offense, but this is one that we saw last week. I mean, they, they get up on you so early that it then turns into a completely different style of game. The motion, though, specifically for the, for the Miami offense, ha- have you noticed that they're doing it even more, leaning into it more this year? Or is that something that was, has been prevalent in about the same amount going back to last season?
1: Yeah, well, well, motion is a key part of what they do on offense, pre-snap motion. And, and it's funny you mentioned that, you know, just before we, we started recording, I saw this this stat from um, ESPN Analytics that the Dolphins are up to 59% of uh, plays with pre-snap motion, and that's, like, by far, you know – the the league leader um so they are definitely leaning into it even more um they've kind of added some new wrinkles to it especially you know i'm um, going into that week one opener against the los angeles chargers they added this new kind of uh, inside out motion where uh tyree kill or a pass catcher will be uh in a tight alignment on the uh on one side of the formation and then they'll kind of sprint out and get a running start essentially before the snap um so yeah they're, they're definitely leaning it into it more and it's not just tyreek uh it's it's all of their all of their skill position players and um you know they talk about how this motion isn't just like we call a lot of times you hear people refer to it as like window dressing like no it's it's it's, it's not insignificant it's purposeful there's a there's a uh, there's a method to the madness behind every single type of motion that they have um and it all contributes into what they do and they're really successful i mean they're uh again so referencing that ESPN analytics that that uh um, i brought up before i mean they're they're they have like the best EPA or the the most efficient offense when they use that motion. So there's a reason for it. And they're leading into it even more uh, in 2023.
0: Um, I put out, um, we do a a, a subtext insider group and I, and I watched back the dolphins game and I put out this morning, a message that it's unbelievable to watch a game where a quarterback, it feels like he wasn't touched in that game. Like, you know, yeah. when, like like when we were playing in the backyard as kids and there was all time quarterback and you told all the people that were on defense, like you're not allowed to touch the quarterback, like where they're just sitting back there and kind of picking things off. That's what it felt like watching Tua. Is this offensive? Was that an indication of the offensive line play Tua, uh, like, how is this happening? Because I think one of the, the question marks that even I had coming into the season was this unit that at times last year wasn't great. But it seems like early on this season, even against the Patriots two weeks ago, was really good. Yeah, it's, it's, a, lots, it's a couple
1: of things working together. You know, I definitely want to give credit to the offensive line because, um, as I mentioned before, they were banged up last year. Um, some of the young guys – um, did not play up to the expectation, uh, and this year, uh, the Dolphins didn't really make a big splash in terms of acquiring offensive linemen. Obviously, last year, they brought in Teron Armstead and Connor Williams. Those guys really solidified the, the group, but they still needed uh, left guard and right tackle to, to round out. Um, so I gotta give credit to Kendall Lamb, who stepped up in the first two games with Teron Armstead out. Um, they signed Isaiah Wynn from the Patriots. He's looked really good, and then right tackle Austin Jackson has really stepped up and is probably playing the best ball of his young career in, in his uh, fourth season. So I have to give credit to them, uh, but Tua had a, had a good point. You know, if you if you if you look at some of these you know various graphs that are on Twitter, um, Tua has the deepest uh, air yards, you know, average air yards per pass, um, and he's getting the ball out at the quickest rate, like like in less than two point five seconds. So and that's unheard of. Usually, like if you're getting the ball out very quickly, your average depth of target is fairly low, but it's like inverse. And it's just, it's just incredible. And it speaks to uh, the offensive line. It speaks to two is quick release. And just the fact that uh, the Dolphins wide receivers can get depth downfield so quickly. I mean, that's one of the, the, the benefits of this, this offense in this scheme. It's not just that like they're burning you downfield 30 yards each time and you're getting beat deep. It's that they can run those in-breaking routes so quickly. Um, so it's a lot of all that working together. Obviously, keeping Tua healthy uh, is a big part. It's really like the number one key to their season. You know, we saw how that derailed their year last year. Um, and, you know, um, they're, they're making efforts to make sure that within the scheme, they can be productive um, and, and still be efficient. Um, but the offensive line also is stepping up and they blocked really well.
0: Um, let's flip it to defense real quick, and then I'm going to throw some rapid-fire questions at you. Some of our uh, insiders uh, uh, want to learn a little bit more about the Dolphins. They send in some questions, so I'll send those uh, to you for the last five minutes or so. Um, eight sacks in three games for this uh, Dolphins defensive line. First, of, first off, what's the status of Jalen Phillips? What do you think his outlook is for this week? And how have you felt the defensive front has been so far this season? I mean, a couple weeks ago – Andrew Van Ginkle looked like an absolute menace. Um, Obviously Bradley Chubb there, and we can get into him in a moment. But overall, what's your early season assessment there?
1: Yeah, so first on Jalen Phillips, um, he sustained an oblique injury uh, um, in the middle of last Sunday's game. Mike McDaniel said he's day to day. We'll see if he practices on Wednesday. I anticipate he's going to be at least limited. You know, might not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Um, He's just coming back from a back injury that just that forced him to miss uh, the Week Two game. So definitely going to be cautious with him. Um, I'm sure that he's going to be pushing to play in that game. Um, But the Dolphins have really been very, very uh, precautious and and you know. Just being have been very careful with a lot of their guys bringing them back, um, so I, I don't want to you know make any um, you know assumptions or declarations that he's going to play or he's not. Um, but definitely you know got to monitor his status throughout the week. Um, as far as the entire defensive front, I think it's been kind of a mixed bag. You know, obviously when you score 70 points, the defense is going to be kind of an afterthought, um, and they were you know they they got up early, so they were able to kind of tee off on Russell Wilson and whatnot. But if you look at the first two games, which is what I think is kind of more indicative of, of uh, what the unit has been so far, we um, saw a lot of struggles in that in that week one game um, didn't really get to uh, Justin Herbert um, until late in that game. when they made a key stop. Um, we saw it again, you know, they got uh, a lot more pressure um, in the week two game against the Patriots. Um, but you saw like a defensive front that just kind of like rises to the occasion. You know, when they need a key stop, um, you see Bradley Chubb and some of these other guys getting stops late. Um, they have really good depth. You, know, you mentioned Andrew Van Ginkle, who's like been cross-trained at inside linebacker, but then he can play outside linebacker in week two and have, the game of his life. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a lot of the talk about this defense entering the or in the offseason was on the secondary because, you know, when you get Jalen Ramsey and then you have got like Xavier Howard and Javon Holland, obviously, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of high expectations for that group. Um, but I think they're still led by the defensive front um, and their ability to, you know, set the edge, stop the run and then get uh, to the pass rush, uh, excuse me, get to the quarterback with the pass rush. And, you know, with the Vic Fangio led defense, you know, they're not going to blitz a ton. So it's really important to get to the quarterback with four guys and then like with
0: Chubb where where are things at with him i mean they gave up a lot to to go get him um do you is your sense that fans want more from him has he been that like premier piece that they were hoping for him to be
1: yeah i mean when you trade you know a first round pick and multiple other picks and then you give you know somebody a 110 million dollar extension you know there's there's rightfully going to be very big expect- expectations. Bradley Chubb has, has acknowledged that, you know, they when they traded for him at last year's trade deadline, he had five and a half sacks in eight games with the Broncos. Uh, he finished, uh, you know, the remaining eight games or so of the year, nine games with two-and-a-half sacks with Miami. Um, He dealt with some injuries, so it wasn't the start to his Miami tenure that he had hoped for, that others had hoped for. Um, I know he he had a big sack in Week 2 on kind of the game ceiling drive um, when the Patriots got the ball back with the chance to to tie the game, Um, so that that was good. I mean, and it was really probably his best game as a Dolphin. He was really impactful against the run and whatnot and applied uh, more pressure, so without Jalen Phillips, that was was really uh, good to see from him, but obviously, you know, when you you trade for a guy and give him that much money, you want to see the Big sack numbers. Um, asking Mike McDaniel about, about excuse me about Bradley Chippen last week, you know, ahead of his reunion with his former team. Uh, what what McDaniel said that stood out to me was that you know obviously you know you want the sacks, um, but um, an edge rusher is kind of like kind kind of like a, a wide receiver sometimes, where like you know the stats might might not be there, uh, but they impact the game in a lot of other ways. You know, they draw attention and free stuff for other guys. Um, he said that uh, what he appreciates about Chubb is that he, he takes pride in that. He takes pride in being an all-around player and setting the edge um, and, you know, freeing guys on leaps and stunts. Um, so that, that stood out to me. But obviously, yeah, I mean, when you, you when you give up all those assets and all that money, um, you want a guy to, to really produce those big sack numbers. So, uh, you know, still kind of waiting for that to all come together consistently with Bradley Chubb.
0: And now a quick word from our sponsor. Check this out, everybody. Shout. The insider text line is absolutely bustling with great Bills content from myself and Ryan Talbot and interactions with a bunch, over 300 Bills fans that are taking part in the action. And right now, the Shout text line is brought to you by Carrie C. Beyer, attorney with the law offices of Francis M. Letro, located at 237 Main Street, Buffalo, New York. If you or someone you know is seriously injured, give him a call at 716-852-1234 and let him know the Shout boys sent you. Check out LitroLaw.com. All right, rapid fire here um, is uh, a Chan going to take over running back one duties at all this season and what is the health status of Jalen
1: Waddell yeah so with uh with uh HN yeah that's, that's a really good question I know that he's going to be a very very uh a hot guy and popular guy in terms of uh waiver wire pickups I'm kind of a little wary about that because you know I don't think he's going to run for 200 yards and four touchdowns again. And, um, you know, obviously Raheem Mostert is still a, a big focal part. They love what he, what he brings to that backfield. Um, Jeff Wilson could come back in a couple of weeks from IR. Savon Ahmed um, is dealing with a groin injury, so he could come back as well. So so I don't know, you know, McDaniel was asked about that, about kind of the, the backfield uh, makeup. And he said, hey, when you play well, you know, you make it hard to not get other opportunities, but I don't think he's gonna be like a bell cow. I don't think we're ever gonna get to that point. Uh, So I'd kind of maybe, you know, pump the brakes on saying he's gonna be RB1. Um, Jalen Waddle, as of Monday afternoon, when McDaniel spoke to uh, to local reporters, he said that he remains in the concussion protocol, um, but he's optimistic about him returning. He actually practiced um, on Friday, I believe it was just a walkthrough. So he was at the stage he was in the protocol, he was able to participate. Um, So it's gonna be interesting to see if, uh, you know, what they do on Wednesday, if it's a padded practice, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to do some stuff. If it's another kind of walkthrough with just shells, uh, he might be able to, uh, you know, participate again. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that he's definitely trending uh, to be able to play on Sunday.
0: Um, a question from one of our uh, insiders: What is Tua bad at? Will the pressure, <laughs> will any pressure force him to be offbeat? I guess they haven't had a heavy D line with pressure game yet, so she's wondering: Is that is that something that you think would affect him at all?
1: Yeah, what is Tua bad at? Um, you know, through the first three days of the season, it seems like he can do everything. Um, yeah, it's really interesting to see what um, Sean McDermott is going to do. You know, Vic Vangio, uh, excuse me, uh, Vance Joseph, the, Dolph, uh, the Broncos defensive coordinator, had a big reputation for blitzing. Um, he really didn't blitz Tua at all, and I think that it was because of the threat of that speed. They were missing some guys on defense. Um, but you can't just sit in zones. Like they, They've they kind of, like, mastered how to defeat zones and those zone rules so you got to switch it up you have to find some way to uh kind of get kind of impact to impact those wide receivers i know a lot was made about the chargers plan last year playing a lot of press man i think at some point you have to do that a little bit because you can't just let these guys get free reign and uh you know Free releases off the um, you know off the line of scrimmage and just kind of run um, as they see fit. Um, but yeah, you got you got to switch these looks up because they're in they're in a zone right now where they they know how to beat man, they know how to beat zone, they know how to beat the blitz. So you got to keep keep uh, throwing the curveballs at them. You got to you know show some stuff pre snap and mix it up post snap. Um, because again, if you just stay in one look, uh, they're they're going to dice you up for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, here's another question uh, from Rory. I know I want to know if the Dolphins feel as nervous about this game as the bills do. And I don't know if he's referring to like players or fans. I don't think that players are going to reveal that they're feeling nervous, but I think that's interesting because it feels a little bit like the last couple of years, as you know uh, you know, Tyreek Hill has entered the equation. There's been this dynamic where, you know, the bills are the AFC East reigning champions, but coming into this season, like there's been a lot of doubt about this team. And I almost feel like the bills go into this game, even though they're the favorite or what was it? A two point favorite. So really, I mean, the the books are thinking that the Miami's oh, gonna a little come in here. Yeah. yeah. And so neutral feed at least. Right. And so do, does that does it feel like that in Miami that they've I don't want to say lapped them, but like now that they're kind of like the top dogs of the division?
1: I, I wouldn't say that, uh and I don't think that even any fans in Miami would say that like they've lapped the Bills. You no, know, obviously uh the gap has closed. Um but, you know they, they did lose two of three last year, including having their season end, ended in, in Buffalo. Now, obviously Tua didn't play in that game, but you know the, the facts are the facts. Um, and, you know the, but the gap has closed. Um, I, I think that a lot of people said that uh, the 70 to 20 win was a statement game. Um, but McDaniel was quick to mention he mentioned this a lot like you can't carry over points into the next game. So this is the real statement game. Obviously, you beat up on a Broncos team that is is uh, so, so not very good. Uh, but now you're heading into Buffalo, which I think is going to be their toughest road environment to date. Um, you know, they talked about um, wanting to clean up the, the 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 play operation, the play clock operation. Um, you know, it's going to be raucous at Highmark Stadium. Stadium. It's going to be a big test. Um, and again, they can't bring over those points. From the past game into this one i think they're entering the game with a lot of confidence you know raheem Mostert, i asked you like what what do you what does this game say and what, what what type of statement does that this past game say and he said we're that team like they're they're, they're feeling themselves but it's not like a I don't think it's an arrogant um arrogant feeling themselves i think there's just a lot of confidence within that group um but, but again you know mike mcdaniel has, has said a lot you know this is This is the team that's really standing in front of us um, in terms of uh, you know our our goals, and um, he he said on multiple occasions that the team has um, kind of a bitter taste in their mouth from the way last season ended in terms of the second half kind of uh, falling apart, and then obviously losing to the Bills um, on the road. Um, So they're they're not resting on the laurels, uh, but they're entering uh, this game with a lot of confidence, but a lot of respect for the Bills as well.
0: Um. Last one here, strengths and weaknesses of the Dolphins defense. I'm combining two questions here. And then when you're looking at this matchup, which Josh does, the familiarity with this Bills offense, what do you think the Dolphins try to do to slow down the Bills who are kind of evolving a little bit into a more balanced attack like we've seen the last couple of weeks after the blunder in uh, New Jersey to start the year?
1: Yeah, so strengths and weaknesses. That's a really good question. I would say strength is still that, that defensive front. You know, Jalen Phillips, Bradley Chubb, Christian Wilkins, Zach, Sealer, Raquelon Davis, Andrew Man They have a lot of guys. Emmanuel Ogba as well, who's you know really coming off the bench now for them. They have a lot of depth up front. Um I, I would say they're still, I mean, the the defenses look really really good, but I would still say maybe you have some questions about uh about, about you know the secondary. Um, you know, they just benched Eli Apple who was playing outside corner, their nickel packages. Now they're moving Cater Kohu from the slot. Outside uh, and they've moved uh, veteran Justin Bethel, who's usually a special teams guy, but has played really well as a nickel back. They're moving him inside. Um, so if there's any spot that maybe you can exploit, maybe it's that you know you have Stephon Diggs, you, you have uh, Gabe Davis. Um, I know Trent Sherfield and uh, and others are, are, are kind of secondary pass catchers. Maybe you get some two tight end sense with with uh, uh, Kincaid and and try to exploit um, some of that because they're going to play a lot of nickel. Uh, the Dolphins are. Um, so I'd say maybe that's the weakness, but they, they looked really. Good uh, in all phases. In terms of what they do um, against Josh Allen and this Bills uh, offense, I think you're going to see a, a big reversal from past years. So with uh, Brian Flores with Josh Bora, we saw a lot of zero blitz. We saw a lot of man to man, no safety over top, um, and it was really a boomer bust. Uh, type of defense. You know, we saw last year uh, Josh Allen beating Maxavius uh, Howard on a on a on a cover zero blitz and finding Stephon Diggs. Um, but I think you're going to see a lot of zone. You're going to see a lot of two high looks. You're going to see uh, the Dolphins really dare and force the Bills to run the ball and work their way down the field and kind of hope that eventually that pass rush can get to Josh Allen and maybe he can make a mistake. Uh, not nearly as much blitzing uh, as we've seen in years past, for sure.
0: Daniel, I, I lied. I kept you longer than 20 minutes, but that's because everything that you were saying was really good stuff, and I think it's going to help fans get ready uh, for this awesome matchup. I mean, this is what uh football's all about, man. Like two of the best teams in the NFL fighting it off. We're going to be in fighting it out. We're going to be in the press box watching it all unfold. Let everybody know where they can find your coverage this week uh, so that they can kind of keep up to date on the Dolphins going to this matchup.
1: Yeah, for all your, you know, minute-to-minute, hour-to-hour, day-to-day Dolphins uh, updates, you can know, follow, follow me on Twitter, at Daniel Yafusi, just like you see below me. Uh, Miami Herald, miamihero.com. Also, uh, record the weekly Dolphins In-Depth podcast. That's on YouTube and anywhere uh, you get podcasts. So definitely uh, tune in and uh, lock into all that stuff.
0: Daniel, thank you so much. Have a good week. See you on Sunday.
1: Yeah, what's that? thanks, Matt.